Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Channel 10 shows off its big new programming for 2023, but one show has already sunk. Channel 7 faces a production nightmare as it gets set to shoot one of its biggest new shows, and the ABC cops a big time for daring to employ an older person. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to TV Black Box. I'll get to the panel in just a moment. But it was on this day in 2006 when US sitcom 30 Rock... Hey! Created by and starring Tina Fey, the series takes place behind the scenes of a fictional live sketch comedy show depicted for NBC. It ran for seven seasons and won 47 awards before Fey and her team decided the show had run its course and ended it after 139 episodes. 30 Rock was named the 20th greatest show of all time in Rolling Stone's recently revised list of the top 100 shows ever created. It still proves popular nearly 10 years after it ended, although the jury's still out amongst the TV Black Box panel. And speaking of 30 Rock... David Robbo Robinson's here. Hello, Robbo. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's a great show. I still watch it on repeat every day. Lovely to be here. Do you know, I don't think we ever said it was a bad show. It's just the two episodes you chose <laughs> for us to watch were just so random and unfunny. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to challenge you to find two episodes of The Big Bang Theory in the entire <laughs> series that are funny or interesting. Or oh, clever. Mate, you pick any two, you got gold there, mate. Gold. And, you know, gold just this boredom. week we had Kaylee Kuoko and Johnny Galecki talking about their relationship. We always knew what happened, but they wait, never wait, wait. really talked How is about it. it? You, you can't say Meghan Markle, but you could pronounce those two names. What the <laughs> hell? What's happening? I don't understand. So true, so true. Matthew Simmons is a contributor to TV Black Box. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Oh, on this day is sometimes my favourite segment of each podcast, I swear. It's so good. Ah, That's a low bar, but you thank you. Yeah. Uh, instigated by Robbo, and then he got bored and pushed it on to Abby and you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now... I don't know if he likes me saying he knows where the bodies are buried, but he's like a serial killer. If the bodies aren't dead, he'll he'll soon make sure they are. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Philip Koch is the writer for some of the best tabloid magazines in the country. Hello, Philip. Hi, Rob. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, no, I should... I'm, not a, I'm not a serial killer, just no. a serial magazine worker. There you go. Thank you for saving me. One day I'll even pre-write your intro and maybe come up with something <laughs> half decent. Uh, our special guest tonight is the former editor of Who and OK Magazines, Shari Nemensik. Hello and welcome to TV Black Box. Hi, Rob and the panel. Thanks for having me. Hey. I'll tell you what, um, Who and OK, but specifically Who for what we talk about here in TV Black Box, that was a hell of a mag to be working on. Really, one of those mags that just had so much credibility. Oh, I loved it, Rob. What a privilege. Honestly, probably some of the best years of my life, hands down. It was great. Oh, there you go. And and it really, in some ways, set the agenda. It got some amazing interviews. What was it like um, being the editor of that magazine? Uh, stressful, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, I think a weekly deadline is not for the faint-hearted. But um, no. it, was, it was great. It was incredible. And 
because who has such a great reputation we had access to some incredible a-listers so that yeah. was you really did tick. yeah absolutely mm. so um i mean yeah. it, it was one of the magazines in this country where they the a-listers would happily go to um it was just that kind of magazine that had the credibility really Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully it still does. I think um, out of all the magazines, I think who still remains top of the credibility notch in terms of the weekly. Mm. Yeah. I I was about to say, Rob, who's still around? Using a lot of past tense in this. Because Shari's not there anymore. That's why I'm using past tense. Okay. That's why I I think. I still can't believe Shari never put me on the 100 most beautiful list, you bitch. Well, me in the hundred most powerful. <laughs> Guys, it was going to happen if I didn't leave. I promise you, 2023 was going to be your year. <laughs> yeah. oh, good one. Well, Shari, it is a delight to have you here and we can't wait to get your insights into the television industry and let's get into it. And we begin with some breaking news because at the time of recording on this Tuesday night, Carrie Bickmore has just announced that she will be leaving the project. Here's some of what she had to say. I have some news that I wanted to share. Oh, shit, I'm already crying. (laughs) Some news that I wanted to share tonight that after um, 13 years at the project desk, I have made the tough decision to finish up hosting the show at the end of the year. Um, It's been the hardest decision of my professional life to make this call, but um, it's time for a new challenge. It is time uh, for my next chapter and there's so much I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss my best mates on the desk, um, the job itself, which is just so incredibly fulfilling, our wonderful viewers um, who've been on the journey over the last 13 years. Um, It's no secret that this show has become a second home to me and... um, I couldn't be more thankful to everyone that has been involved um, on and off screen. Carrie has been on the panel since the show began in 2009. Matt, there were whispers when she took her extended holiday that she would finish up this year. This is still pretty big news, though. Oh, absolutely. I think when you lose someone that's been with the show since the beginning, let alone 13 years, like, it's it's major news. I don't think anyone would be awfully surprised, although I was still like, oh, my God, there you go. That, that's that's her leaving. Um, but, you know, <laughs> what, what is she going to... Well, you know what I mean? Like, it was just... Like, it was still a surprise to see it, although it not a surprise a decision. Yes, a shock. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Because she had come back from London. She'd come back from the holiday, and we all just thought, oh, she's getting on with it. Yes, ex- ex- exactly. And I think if she had gone two, two years more, and, and maybe there was another couple of holidays thrown in the middle, I think it uh, For me, it was like, Carrie's back, and that's what's expected. I didn't think that she would be necessarily wrapping up but it's still not a surprise um i I guess the question is you know who's going to replace her i think they're going to need another female fill-in and i think um they've got people that they're they're priming for that position um and what's she going to do next i think she's a great presenter i think she can do amazing things current affair maybe that i know that's already been suggested um i I can't wait to see what she moves on to next um but I, i love carrie um and yeah it's a big loss for the show no doubt uh, I, I would imagine Georgie Tunney will be her replacement, to be honest. Um, Robbo, she avoided the question Kate Langbrook asked about whether she was going to a current affair. I'm going to tell you, though, I don't think she is. No way in the world. Like, I I can't think of anything that just wouldn't be working. That would be polar opposites. I just don't think that uh, that she would be the right fit for that. I, Rob, you've said this before, and, and I would love to see this. I'd love to see Sarah Harris in that chair uh, on the project. I think that she would be an absolutely brilliant host um, to agree. bring to that show because the show, look, the show needs a refresh. It needs something. We've, you know, everyone talks about this and have, we've been talking about this for, look, we've got to say years now with the project it needs something big um you know sarah is fantastic work considering she's not woke like the rest of them maybe that's what will work for it Mm, maybe okay so here's my take i definitely don't think she's going to wacker no uh channel nine have been pretty emphatic that it will be someone promoted internally although things can change from day to day until something's announced they can all change But we need to consider she's earning, what, a million dollars for her afternoon show per year? So that's before you add the half a mil 
or 400,000, half a million from the project, right? So she's earning a million from her radio gig. The question is, is she priming to take over the Sydney Breakfast Radio Show? Uh. It's rating like crap. I have heard whispers that she's already been offered $2 million a year to do the Sydney Radio Show. It's a little. The big problem for that kind of thinking is she's a very Melbourne personality. Yeah. Um, but Carrie and Tommy have a great show. It is yeah. a really enjoyable show in the afternoon. Mm. Um, so that's a possibility, especially with the – you've got to try and read between the lines. She specifically said – I want to be at home having dinner mm. with my family. Doesn't stop at doing breakfast TV. Uh, d- oh, could Ali move to a current affair and Carrie move <laughs> in go. sitting next to Carl? The problem is television doesn't have the kind of money that radio does. The big money's in radio. I think that's where her future is. The, a few years ago when I was still at Studio 10, there were rumours that she would end up at radio and I remember even then... I was told by a very senior source it was a real possibility. So even back then, so I left in 2017, so even before then there was talk of her going to radio full-time. I reckon that's the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the big breaking news, but still on Channel 10 because a slate of new and returning programming has been revealed by Network 10 at their annual upfronts last week and already eyebrows have been raised at what's on the list. To kick the year off, a trio-led version of The Bachelors will hope to engage non-sporting TV viewers in January, swapping in schedule with I'm a Celebrity, which has moved to an Easter run. Reality-wise, Australian Survivor, MasterChef, The Doghouse and The Masked Singer are all set to return, as well as a 2022 favourite with Hunted. Making a surprising comeback is Would I Lie to You, this time with Charlie Pickering on the panel. The Real Love Boat is apparently to return too, but we'll talk about that one in a little more detail in a moment. The Amazing Race was unspoken for, and in a somewhat surprising move, 10 have confirmed that the living room will be rested next year. But here's what we all really want to know. What's new in 2023? An Aussie version of the comedic game show Taskmaster will be hosted by Tom Gleeson. Each week, Tom and his assistant will set five comedians a range of ridiculous tasks designed to bamboozle brains and put funny bones to the test. Dogs are still popular at 10 with a spin-off series called Dogs Behaving Very Badly, where you can learn how to train your new pup. For the first time ever on Fruit-to-Air TV, 10 will premiere Location, 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 where dream homes turn into reality. A MasterChef spin-off called Dessert Masters will see 10 masters of sweet battle for the show's inaugural crown. 10 is also bringing non-reality programming to the table with crime thriller North Shore and new drama Paper Dolls. The former explores what happens when a British detective and his Australian counterpart team up to solve a murder, while the latter tracks the meteoric rise of a girl band spawned by a reality television show. Okay, Matthew, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, the upfront presentation by 10, I actually thought was really well done. Their intros, the comedic value they brought, it was a show, and I, for one, liked it. Yeah, and, you know, I, for me, I'm always excited for 10s up fronts because I'm the target demo. It's under 50s. It's that younger audience. Are you under 50? Yes, yes, surprisingly. <laughs> 49, but, but, yeah. but okay. ju- just, just in the Actually, I'll be out of their target demo next year when I turn 50. <laughs> um, so, for me, the, the 10 up fronts is what I'm excited to because the shows that I, I watch are predominantly on 10 of what I watch on free-to-air. So, uh, you know, I, I love what's coming back. Australian Survivor, MasterChef. MasterChef getting a, a shorter, more compact run. I think that's a good choice. Um, the swap with Bachelors and Celeb, I, I'm excited to see what that does. More so for Celeb around Easter, not Bachelors. I don't think it'll work in January. I think that's going to go. This is not faring well for The Bachelors, Shari. That franchise certainly seems like it's on its way out. Oh, absolutely. It's so tired, the format, and I think having three isn't really going to change much. I think having it in January isn't going to change much, if I'm 100% honest. I think um, they're trying, but I think this is going to probably be the last time we see it on the um, upfronts list. 
Uh, I think that's a fair call. Matthew, did anything else grab your attention? Taskmaster. This is a UK show that I absolutely love. I think it's so well done. It's so funny, especially with the right people behind it. I think Tom Gleason is a fantastic pick for this show. The only thing that I don't like about it, and this is a more personal thing, is that I wish Working Dog was doing it because they do so well with Have You Been Paying Attention and the Cheap Seats, which are both returning, that it would have been great for that to also fall under their banner. But look, if Ten's going to do it, I'm not too sure if what production company is behind it. I just I hope it's done well and it's much like the UK version because it's so funny and I really think it can work over here with the right people um, as panellists but also as hosts, which I think they've done. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Philip, did you come away thinking Ten is on a good wicket going into 2023? Hello. <laughs> uh, look, you, you guys love reality TV. I don't. It just, it just for me, was like just an avalanche of reality TV. If you aren't a huge fan of reality TV, I don't think they've got much to offer. Maybe but isn't that the same for all networks? Oh, uh, not really. I think they offer they offer us a slew of different programming. I think it's very focused, is what I'm saying. More focused mm. than any other, any other network. I will check out some shows for sure. Uh, but, you know, considering 10 ruined the living room, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Taskmasters. Yeah, well, the living room's an interesting one because, Robbo, I think that show was never the same ever since the relaunch when they took away the audience and shot it. Now, they say that was all COVID-related. That's bullshit. That's that's rewriting history. They made a decision to change what that show was because they wanted to get out of the deal with uh, WTF. I've never liked the living room since it left the studio. <laughs> I think you mean WTN. But, yeah, WTF is also oh, the way that I would describe what's happened. Why the face? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it lost a little bit of the magic because it was so much different to everything else. It was different to Better Homes and Gardens, mm. which is what it needed to be, which is what it set out to be. And that's what WTN originally, you know, obviously pitched to 10. And it worked so well for years. It was brilliant the way that they did that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's no surprise uh, that it's gone down a little bit. I think The Bachelor would be three times as boring. I've said it on this program before. <laughs> Why don't you turn it on its head and actually have a real bloke in the spot? I'm not I'm not talking a caricature, but I'm just talking someone real, someone who won't, you know, w- would look out of place or, on a big photo shoot uh, on Men's Health magazine. That's where we need to go. They oh, won't mate, do you it. You are so right. Can I just say, and... and- I know how this is going to make me sound, but the guy that they put in the middle, I actually thought was gay. I thought, oh, they're doing a gay version as well. Now, I'm sorry, I don't mean to have a go at his uh, sexual identity and all that kind of stuff, but, hey, we live in a world where you can be gay, bisexual, straight, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's very metrosexual. But when I see that picture of him, it sends me a message that, oh, they're doing a gay version as well. Yeah, well, I thought that they discovered a new sexuality with this series and it was called Boring, Uh, and I think the three of them identify as that. They're all boring. They're as boring as they've all ever been. But this idea that if we just times boring by three, the audience will return to a a franchise that hasn't worked for a long time and it would possibly work and would get people talking if you put someone real in the chair. It would work, but no one's got the guts to do it. Bazza. Baz is looking for a beauty. Who's Azza, mate? Baza. Baza. Just a character, just an Aussie name. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes, get Azza in there, for Christ's sake. Sorry, mate. Oh, let's move on. Because this is an interesting one. While a second season may have been confirmed at 10's upfronts, it looks like the real love boat is sinking faster than the Titanic. After two episodes aired last week, the reality dating series has already been bumped to a later time slot in the schedule. The premiere episode attracted an audience of just 215,000 viewers across the five cap cities. On its second outing, overnight ratings sunk even further to a measly 174,000 viewers. From this week, the show will now air from 8.30pm on Wednesday and Thursday with a repeat of the Doghouse Australia now added to the schedule on Wednesday and Gogglebox Australia being brought forward to 7.30pm Thursday night. I've got to say, Shari, I think 10 will do well with Gogglebox at 7.30 on a Thursday night. This is one of their highest rating programs anyway. Absolutely. I love Gogglebox. 
great and it's mm. light and it's easy watching and it just feels like a big warm hug when you watch it and I think that's what people want now they want an escape so yeah I think it'll do really well yeah but you know let's be honest we all say this and then they still love the drama of Married at First Sight yeah oh I know I know even I do <laughs> it's addictive it's addictive um, it is but I think it also seems like a bit far-fetched, Married at First Sight, almost. I know it's a reality show, but it's It's so like scary. a caricature, is that what you mean? Yeah, it feels like someone's mm. just scripted it, which they probably have, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like reality or like harsh. It's mm. just like, it's mindless. I think people need mindless. Yeah, okay, that's that's a very fair point. Um, Robbo, one of the things about this show is I've only seen 10 minutes of it, and it was before they got on the boat, Um I did enjoy the 10 minutes I saw. It may have been 15, uh, and I'm not judging the show because I enjoyed the 15 minutes I saw. I just haven't had a chance to actually watch this thing. Why isn't it connecting with viewers? I think for, there was this idea that The Love Boat was connected to the scripted show that was, you know, huge in the 70s and the 80s, and, and there was an idea that it was connected, but there was no connection made. So anyone under the age of, you know, 35 would not know that the, 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 the Love Boat was an actual scripted drama. So any kind of connection that they wanted was lost there because they didn't even try. Mm-hmm. They just thought, oh, we'll just throw this to the market and we'll put this on air because people know the Love Well, they don't. So what you want to do is you want to connect people who are over 35 and what a great way to do it because you've got that branding. You can do all of that. But it just wasn't there enough. That's the problem. It wasn't there. And so you're getting these other people and just reading, uh, you know, the TV guide synopsis of what this show is, it just sounded boring. It's another dating show, but this time we're putting them on a boat. You know, next time we're going to put them on Apollo 11 and send them to the moon. <laughs> it's the moon, love boat. Like, who gives a crap? It, it, it read that. as boring. Well, yeah, we, we would read that. The same show. Well, of course, we all want to know how people have sex in anti-gravity. We understand that. But we know how people have sex on, on, on cruise boats. And it was just, it was a boring idea from the start. The reason it's coming back, I understand, is because the Royal Caribbean has paid for it. So, of course, they're going to go back for it. Uh, and that's it. Now, Matthew, Robbo's raised a couple of good points here. I've seen a lot of commentary about the fact that it's actually fighting against itself. Mm. It's using nostalgia, but it's pitched to an audience that don't understand the terms of reference. No. So people your age, you know, the under 30s, aren't fans of The Love Boat. It's not repeated ad nauseum. It's this show that we grew up with and loved. But the people who tend want to get in for these dating shows are not invested in that format. So it doesn't work. And the people who are invested in the love boat aren't going to watch the real love boat because they're not into these dating shows. That's one point. The second one is, are dating shows dead? Like, are we just over them? Um... Okay, so to the first question. Now I haven't watched I haven't watched the show, but Rob, you said you watched 10 15 minutes. In those 10 15 minutes, was there any reference connection to the love boat? No. No. So it- and they were in a villa. So oh. then what's the point? Like, That's like, right. like seriously, like well, I, I right. don't I don't get the the whole They were trying point to get on the boat. Someone was being eliminated from memory. So there was a reference in that one of you will not be getting on the boat. Oh lovely. Wow. <laughs> groundbreaking television that um look maybe maybe dating yeah and maybe the dating that we like is when it's all fighty and bitchy and it's throw your glasses at the girl across in the room like it is on married at first sight because that seems to be the only dating show that we're all interested in i, I mean maybe that's the argument here is do we need a not just okay rest the bench bachelor franchise or rest this franchise Rest dating for a year. Like, well, like, let's see that. Let's see what kind of television we come yeah, up with. Yeah, I would have rest dating the whole genre of it for a while. I've been resting dating for the past five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I, I want to mention about Real Love Boat. Now, uh, you, you guys would know how upfronts work better than what I do, but the, their presentation was literally the day after the first episode aired. So is it not possible for them to say, oh, shit, like we've already bumped it in the schedule. The ratings are terrible. We're not going to do it anyway. Or They I- hadn't bumped it by then. Oh, they hadn't bumped it, but those those premiere numbers were out. But like, like things mm. can change, right? Like they could, they could choose next week to say, oh, we're not going to do it in 2023, right? Let me tell you by that point, by the time all the mixing's done and by the time it, at that 10 upfronts, it wasn't just the main screen, but they were especially lighting the walls to go mm. with everything. It's a big operation to change that. So much time and effort goes into producing 
all the packages for the upfront. Uh, yeah, that, um, that's just the presentation. But what about just in, in a month's time or two months' time or January or whatever it is for, the, for Tender just quietly say, oh, no, we're not doing that anymore? To just suddenly oh, change. That's exactly. entirely reasonable. So I reckon, and I, I applaud Ten for doing something different because and doing something new, not bringing back an old nostalgic format, whatever. Although this one sounded pretty shit, so I don't know why they chose this one. But I think I think we won't see it back. I know it was in the upfronts, but that was after one day of not really knowing. It, it could have been yeah. a massive hit, and then Ten would go, "Oh, thank God, we went big on it in the upfronts." But I actually don't think it'll be back at all. Yeah. It's quite possible, and I think you said it, Philip, that Royal Caribbean would have paid for it and paid for the second series. Yeah, Robert, Robert said that, but oh, obviously, sorry, there's, a, obviously right. there's a lot of sponsor dollars in there. Mm. Look, I think there's a few things against it. I think a lot of people have gone off the idea of cruising since the pandemic. I know the diehards yeah. are making their bookings, but a lot of people have gone, no, not for me. Yep. Older uh, people so- still love cruising. But they're I not know, watching the, the real do, love boat. Do older people watch, watch young, silicon-enhanced women finding dates? So this is not a show aimed at the nostalgia or the people who are cruising. Yeah, I just well, I just think it, the love boat, the nostalgia show we're talking about, yeah. that was when cruising was one of the most glamorous things in the world. It was exotic. <laughs> it was it was, you know, I know that it'll seem very strange to you, Matthew, at your age, but <laughs> it was seen face. as a very aspirational so and glamorous thing. There's nothing really glamorous about a dating show, particularly the way Channel 10 produced them. No. Robbo goes cruising every night, but anyway. No, I don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The glamour's gone. Production on the highly anticipated Million Dollar Island has been postponed after contestants almost had to survive a lot more than just the harsh conditions of the wilderness. TV Tonight revealed that during pre-production on the Malaysian set, asbestos fibres were detected. But TV Blackbox can reveal the 100 contestants were initially told that filming was pushed back due to bad weather and would now take place as as December or January. Channel 7 have confirmed that this delay will not affect plans for on-air scheduling. Um, you know, this this show, Philip, has come a long way. TV Black Box broke the story that Million Dollar Island was coming. I love the concept. Um, big shows, big risks, big rewards, perhaps. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it, it, Channel 7's sort of been cursed with uh, various things like this, right? Um well, Australia's Got Talent was postponed during, due to the pandemic. Holy moly, tried to film in the US and were washed out. But you know what? I guess that's why you have insurance for these things and mm. you mm. get back on track. They're saying it will not affect their scheduling plans and that um, is really yeah, the most look, important thing. I like you. I was actually looking forward to checking this out. It was new. It was different. Uh, I'm not sure about Ant Middleton, but I'm, I think I'm in the minority there. Uh, so, look, Bad luck for Channel 7, but it'll happen when it happens. And, um, of course, they had to delay it, you know. Asbestos is a really dangerous thing. Yeah, so, Shari, let me just be clear on what I'm saying here. So the TV Tonight story was right, from what I understand, that asbestos was found, but the contestants had already been delayed because of wet weather and bad weather conditions, so they hadn't boarded the flights yet. And then just as they were about to, they're told, hang on, don't come now because there's asbestos. So it it, it certainly was a double whammy. How are you feeling about this show? Do you think this reeks of a hit for Seven? No. If I'm honest, unlike unlike Phil, I wasn't looking forward to it. It didn't pull me in at all. It didn't feel like that different to anything else I've really seen. So, yeah, I wasn't too interested, I have to be honest. But, you know. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on a minute. I want to say to Shari. I feel a bit survivory. Yeah, yeah no. I th- Shari, I think you're spot on. And I think I've said this on this program. It won't work. It'll never rate. It won't happen. I want to ask a, a question to the panel here. How, how hard do you think Channel 7 uh, tried to find asbestos on the island so that they could say that was oh, the reason? No, no, no. How much money did they spend? They James Wilburton said, all right, you production team, I want you to go and scour that island and find me a reason we don't have to make this rubbish show that NBC's not even making anymore. But I, we, we can't back out of it because, you know, uh, BDE. Uh, and, and so what I want you to do is find a reason. Asbestos, sir? Yeah, wonderful. Robo. <laughs> Done. Your conspiracy Approved. theories, you are the TV, Australian TV version of Trump supporters. 
<laughs> Mark my words, the show will never make it to air. I said this months ago when it was announced. I'm saying it again now. No, It'll never make it I to air. I don't agree with you at all. All right, the chat show format has been missing from Aussie screens for some time, but last week the ABC hoped to spark renewed interest with Fran Kelly at the helm of a new 30-minute program titled Frankly. But after the first episode went to air last Friday, it seems many are less than impressed. Sydney Morning Herald's reviewer Carl Quinn said, It was okay, nothing more, nothing less. And our very own Steve Mock said, The editing was brutal and relentless. And that, and that, Kelly needs to relax. That's my Steve Malk. I don't know why. <laughs> but praise has been oh, given God. for the first episode's guests and basic format. Philip, there's a lot going on here too because people have criticised the fact that the ABC has dared to employ an older person to front this show instead of a new up-and-young comer. Why isn't the ABC allowed to employ older people in jobs as well? Well, look, I, I think they are, but I, Ida also came out. Not, not according to these people who are like, oh, there's no one under 35 hosting it. We've got this older person. It's bloody ageist. But Ida Buttrose did come out recently and say they're trying to foster and find new talent and provide formats for Which them. Which they do at the ABC all the time, just maybe not hosting a primetime talk show. <laughs> look, I have no issue with her age and uh, I have an issue with it being boring. I didn't watch it, but... I've read a lot of social media comments from people I do respect who all universally loathed it. They just, they didn't, they, no, let me correct that. They didn't hate it. They were just a bit like that reviewer. They said it was just a bit like it was okay. It was a bit ho-hum. It certainly wasn't destination TV for anyone that I've spoken to about it or all who watched it. Uh, so, no, I, I don't have an issue with her age. I just think it sounded boring. <laughs> I think we're being unfair here. This was the first episode. I think anyone like Carl Quinn, it's the the first episode. She's got to find her feet. I, for one, am excited that a show like this is even in production in Australia in 2022. I'm thrilled by that. I think that they, the ABC should be commended for doing that. Carl Quinn also had a problem with the fact that uh, in the press release, the ABC talked the show up. Of course they talked the show up. Everyone talks the show up. I thought that that was the most ridiculous thing to go, oh, well, it wasn't as good as the press release. Oh, for God's sake, get over Robert, yourself. He also the, the point that it was only 30 minutes and not an hour, so... It sort of didn't yeah. make sense in some sense. No, I also thought that too when, when he goes, well, it wasn't long enough. Well, you just reviewer. said you weren't happy. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's fantastic. I think that she's a really good interviewer. I think that anyone who can write off a show like that um, in the first episode, it, it's just silly. I, I, I commend the ABC for doing it. I think Frank Crowley... Uh, Fran- <laughs> they should call the show Fran, Fran Kelly. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of her, whatever, that woman that hosts the show. She's wonderful. I love it. I can't say her name, but she's fantastic. <laughs> Um, and I think it's really good. I just think that it should be given a lot more chances before we decide that the, the format is dead. Well, look, if, if frankly isn't your cup of tea, tune in to 2GB and 4BC uh, at oh, 9 o'clock oh, in oh, Sydney, oh, 8 o'clock oh, in oh, Brisbane, and you'll hear me talking to John Stanley about all things television. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob, I watched the show. I, I was reading that the story was going to be on our on our list, and I had half an hour to spare, so I watched it. Um, and... I love what Robbo said, and I completely agree, actually. I, it's really changed my opinion on it. I think we need to give it a chance. Yes. I also found it just very middle of the road, and I found it awkward that she had one guest, and then when she was done with him, he just shuffled along, and someone else come out. It just it started to become very awkward, and I felt bad for Sean McCarthy. That's how interview shows used to be Does done. it? Right. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> there goes my age. Um, but for me, it was just very middle of the road. It was like the stories were great, but it was just like what what is special about it. However... Now, listening to what Robbo said, I'm excited to see what might come of it, uh, and hopefully um, it engages a few more people. All right. Still to come, Seven makes some changes behind the scenes, a TV personality takes a break for health reasons, and we'll find out what everyone's been watching when we open the TV Binge Bucks. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. Host of the ABC's The Drum, Julia Baird, has announced that she will be stepping away from the role to address her personal health. According to news.com.au, in 2015, she was hospitalised and diagnosed with ovarian cancer after discovering a mass the size of a basketball. She told followers on Twitter that she was due to go in for more surgery and that it would take a good while to recover. She confirmed she will not be back on air until next year. And of course, we wish Julia all the very best. In good news for motorsports fans, Australian viewers will continue to receive free access to two of our biggest motorsports events thanks to a new multi-year broadcast agreement between Channel 10 and Foxtel. TV Blackbox can reveal that the new agreement will see 10 continue to be the free-to-air home of the Australian Formula One Grand Prix and the Australian MotoGP races, two of my very, very favourites. Foxtel was required to offer up the Australian legs of both competitions to a free-to-air partner because of the government's anti-siphoning list. Seven West Media's Chief People and Culture Officer Kate McGrath is set to depart from the broadcaster after five years, Seven CEO James Warburton said McGrath would leave to, and I quote, pursue private business interests. <laughs> Sticking with Seven, the network has this week officially confirmed that it has parted ways with controversial AFL commentator Wayne Carey. The announcement came just hours after West Australian police confirmed it would not be proceeding with criminal charges against Carey after he was caught with a Ziploc bag containing a white substance in a Perth casino. TV Black Box exclusively reported last month that the network would not renew Carey's contract when it expired at the end of this year. And Actor has confirmed that in-studio audiences will return for the association's two biggest awards ceremonies this December. After two years of online presentations due to the impact of COVID-19, the public will be able to purchase tickets to attend the awards ceremony in Sydney, walk the red carpet and be immersed in the glamour and spectacle at one of the biggest events in Australian entertainment. Screen lovers across the country can, once again, get involved in this year's awards with public voting in multiple categories happening via news.com and Robert, that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Robbo. It's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Matthew, we'll start with you this week. With me, um, I have been. I have finished uh, BoJack Horseman on Netflix. That was a show I mentioned a few weeks ago. Ah, um, uh, geez, you got through that quickly. Yes, yes, I really enjoyed it. Both of us did in, in our household. Did you? Did you? Like where it went in the yes, last I, season? I didn't find it oh woke at all. I didn't see where it went. I don't know if I was missing it or maybe if I'm a little more woke than Rob McKnight. Um, what? I, <laughs> impossible. I, bet I would say I am. Surely surely that's not possible. I'm <laughs> no. the wokest person on the planet. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought the, I mean, it, yes, I, no, I think it, it was no decline, but also like no positive. Like it was just really great, like the entire way through, in my opinion. Um, well, I think it lost its way, but anyway. No, no. So if anyone's thinking about checking that out, uh, like Robbo, uh, yeah, do it and, and stay to the end. Don't listen to Rob. Uh, the other one I've been watching. <laughs> Story of my is, life. <laughs> the other one I've been watching is Impractical Jokers. Now, this is one that I see pop up on my um, social media feed a lot, and it's also a show I have on DVD, and I love it. It's on Comedy Channel. I think some seasons are on Netflix. Um, now, that, that, if anyone doesn't know, it's just four guys um, basically not not pranking each other, kind of like prank. Yeah, kind of like pranking each other. They all go individually in a public setting and have to do things and there's a loser at each thing and they get a punishment. Really, really, really funny. Just like such feel good television. And sometimes it's what you need. Um, and just not an episode misses. Like, like there's not even a dud one. Like it's, it's just absolutely funny. Um, so if you want to laugh, w- watch that one. But those are my two for this week. Okay. Shari, what have you been watching? Okay. So the greatest show I have discovered this week is Welcome to Wrexham. I don't know if anyone has watched it, but it's on Disney. Mock mentions it every week. <laughs> uh, it is. I've said this before, but it is definitely that warm hug that I look for every single night when I cuddle on my sofa with my, um, like, a tea and or wine, actually, and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> 
Love it. I could not speak more highly of the show. I think Rob McElhenney and obviously Ryan Reynolds is also great eye candy. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It's like a real life Ted Lasso. I love it. I love looking at the community and the beautiful little stories of the fans. It's just it's so addictive. I can't stop. So I still have a few episodes to go. I've actually forced myself to pace myself for once um, just because ah. I don't want it to end. <laughs> I'm already getting upset, but <laughs> luckily I'll have oh. more recommendations after this from you guys. So, yeah, definitely get Disney. If you don't have Disney, it's worth it. I promise you it's amazing. Welcome to Rexham. And then the other one is a documentary I watched um, recently called Skyladder. So... I hope I pronounce this right, but it's a, Ch- a Chinese artist and his name is Zai Go Chang. And he um, he's basically like an explosion artist and he uses um, gunpowder art as well. He did mm. um, amazing pyrotechnic displays such as like the Beijing Olympics. That was all him. And um, it goes into his life, which is also fascinating. And it goes into like his most ambitious project. Yeah. So I definitely don't want to give it away. But it's a 1,650-foot ladder of fly- fire Sorry, that climbs into the sky. Um, I was on What's the- that one called? Sky Ladder. It's sky Ladder on? Netflix. It's um, Netflix, uh, okay. Yeah, incredible. I think it's actually the full title was Sky Ladder, um, The Art of Zygo Chang. Um, amazing. So worth watching. Great Sunday night um, roast meal. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'll search Skyladder. I'm not going to search Skyladder, the story story of Jailai Chang. Or <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just go go to Skyladder. But um, I love documentaries, and that one's probably one of the best documentaries. I've Fantastic, seen, yeah. Philip. What have you been watching? Uh, I, I checked out a new show on Foxtel called East New York, which is just a cop procedural show, but. It's with a, a bit of a difference. It's a black female commander who's taking on all the old cops, blah, blah, blah. So a little bit of woke there for you, Rob. Uh, no, no, I don't mind having diversity and in my TV show. Hang on I just need, Rob, their, because I, I need every character to be there for a reason. That's all. Right. Well, I went from that to I stumbled across a show I watched years ago called Strike Back, which is just started on Stan, and you can see all the series on Foxtel. Hopefully now, that's just got three white men and I'll be happy. That's how you all seem to be baiting me. No, I was going to say this is the least woke show on television and I absolutely loved it. It's it's basically a buddy thing. They're fighting terrorists. They kill people left, right and centre. They blow things up and amazingly they survive all the time in these remarkable (laughs) circumstances. Uh, It's got Sullivan Stapleton in it, the Aussie actor, who's actually really good in the role. Uh, And then later Daniel McPherson replaces him and he's perhaps not so good in the role. Uh, But he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, if you want to break from the woke world, go and watch Strike Back. (laughs) Very entertaining. (laughs) Okay, Robbo, what have you been watching? Uh, I watched the first episode of a show on stand called Trigger Point, which follows uh, people who are bomb disposal uh, police officers. Um, An all right first episode that was quite tense, and I think it would have been better to have just been made for TV movie. I I don't see how it could have a whole season. I couldn't even make it through halfway through the second episode. Didn't really care for it. But that's on stand. Wonderful show. The other thing is I'm still in my Dharma obsession, and I love... Love the programming of Netflix because obviously we've got the the Dharma television series, and then at the same time they also re- uh, um, release uh, confessions on tape or something of Dharma. Oh, Jeffrey and I've just Dharma. Been, I think yeah, you meant like yeah. Greek and Dharma. Dharma and Greek? No, no, not that one. Although I wish someone ate those people. That was an awful show. Um, but this thing is, uh, it's, it's actually really good. It's got its got real tapes of the guy. You're listening to it. You can remember back to things in the series. It's its really, really good. Um, and I'm just wondering if any of you are available to come over for dinner tonight. Um I've yeah. got to be, do a bit of a shout-out to Scooter Wellborn, who contacted me knowing that I love 9 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Uh, they they got on, sent me a DM saying that, uh, did you know it's on Foxtel, Rob, and there's a new series coming. And I went, oh, fabulous. So I uh, went to my Foxtel and uh, it's 8 out of 10 cats. No. Uh, yeah, it is 8 out of 10 cats. Thank you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> you talk it up so much and you can't even get it right. <laughs> Detail. It's his favourite show. He loves it. Um, 
so anyway, I, I I went to Foxtel on the on demand because um, I've I've got the online one, and I turned it on. To ching. And I was <laughs> hit with a twinge of sadness because I'd been watching the first couple of series, and I watched a recent episode. All oh, they've aged. Uh, this oh. is uh, shot during the COVID times, and uh, Sean Locke's pretty much on his deathbed, and he died because soon he- after. Oh. Um, Jimmy has had his hair taken from the back of his head and put on top of his head, and he literally admits that. And he's had so much facial work, I thought they'd replace the host. And Susie <laughs> Dent has just gotten oh, it's just a bit, oh, I still found it bloody funny, but it was just a, <laughs> we're all mortal, I guess, it said to me, and I think I'll go yeah, back and I, watch them as youngsters again. I hate it when people age on television. There's a kick in the pants. Yeah. Oh, I hate that when that happens. There are too many old people on TV. Oh, Frank, <laughs> Frank <laughs> Kelly, what? To the I'm doing a mob. That was my unofficial one. Uh, I've been no, officially no, watching. No, you've got one more. Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus and Kitchen Nightmares on Channel 7. I, I did a preview of that. Great show. I've got to say what we have with Colin Fassnage is it has drama but it has heart, and I think this is really well done. You really care about the people. You really don't know how they're going to get there, and then it comes together. It's a really, really well done show. So, yeah, I'd say take a look at Kitchen Nightmares. Meanwhile, our group binge this week was chosen by Philip, and it was a program called Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime. Philip, tell us a bit about this show. Uh, I think there were three series of it. The first one came out in 2015, and the premise is that a criminal uh, who gets released from jail steals the identity of his cellmate and and goes and finds his long-lost family and inserts himself in the family. And basically this guy's a con man, so it's just one long extended con but I, I sort of loved it because it's got some, it just doesn't feel like an American show. You've, you've got ugly people in it. You've got <laughs> character act. You know, they're not all they're not all beautiful L.A. types. You've got a mixed bag. of Brian Cranston wrote it or co-wrote it um, and was the co-creator and also is an actor in it. I mm, just You can see that. Yeah, look, from memory, look, I watched it. I didn't re-watch it, to be honest, but. I think the first episode is a little bit slow, but then it just sort of hooked me in, and I watched all three series at the time. Uh, I loved it. Okay, mm. great. Loved it. I'll be going back for more. Um, I thought it was just a really interesting storyline. It was believable the way they did it, like that this guy, because they haven't seen this guy for 20 years, so since he was a kid. So, yeah, you don't know what he looks like when he's grown up. And the... Um, the, the con man spent three years and this guy did nothing but talk and that's why he knows all the details about their life. And so he's looking for a place to hide. And I I really just enjoyed it and I loved the 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 points where him as the con man is getting invested with the family. I, I thought it had a bit of everything. I thought it was mm. really, really well done. Uh, yeah, and look, there there are rumours that, that it might be revived on another network coming out of America, so I don't know if that's true, but um, fans were very disappointed when they cancelled it, uh, and I think they cancelled it because of lack of funding or something. Yeah, I'm not sure how it sustains three seasons, to be honest, but I'll be interested to have a look. It's good. It does get better, actually. I, I know. Okay. You, you watch it and you think, well, hang on, where's this going? But it, it keeps you it keeps you hooked. Mm. Uh, Phil, actually, out of all the shows that I think have been suggested like through this panel, this is the one probably that's been my favourite. Oh. I, I really liked it. This was a Not show. Not Thirty that Rock. Was... No, no, Thirty Rock was quite <laughs> firmly at the bottom of the list. Um, oh, that... <laughs> no, this one. I, this is a genre that I think is quite up my alley, Phil. I think you picked a great one for me. Um, again, I was hooked. I didn't think it was slow. So if you no, thought the first either. episode was slow, that only means that when I go back to watch episode two and. I, I think I will. Um, it, it must only get you know, so much better. So I'm really excited to see how it goes. Great premise. And I, I could see it lasting three seasons, if not more. I think you throw in a few twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So I'm excited to go back. A great choice, Phil. I also loved the fact that it was Brian Cranston and Giovanna Ribisi. They're two of my favourite actors, and I think they're fantastic in this. Lovely to see, a obviously, a great departure from... 
what we know Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. I, I thought the premise was great. I thought it was really interesting. I also love, like, I've got this thing up here. I love this actress. She plays the mum, Margot Martindale. Oh, you wouldn't know fantastic. her name, she plays but the you know her everything. face. Yeah, and she is a fantastic actress. So as soon as I saw her, I thought, yeah, loved it. I, I really enjoyed this too, Philip, and I, I'm going to stay for more seasons. So thank you. <laughs> I know what you mean, Robbo, because when I was watching it, you see all these faces that you know, but you don't, they're not like yeah. headline mm. acts, so you don't necessarily know their names. It's like, oh, yeah, I know Peter Garrity, you know, the, the dad. He, yes. He's also awesome. Good stuff. All right, it's my turn to pick next week, and I am going to make you an offer you can't refuse. We oh, are no. going to watch oh, no. The Offer on Paramount oh. Plus, which is about the making of of The Godfather. It's on Paramount Plus where there's a mountain of entertainment. Oh, <laughs> my God. That was a joke for people who were listening last week. Um, I've been watching it recently. I think it's a cracker of a show. Um, and, and you might think it starts a little bit slow, but I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. It really is. I just, I just love it. Can't wait for you guys to see it and see if you agree. And it's about something we love. The making of film, television, mm. and yeah, it's cool. all real. This is the bizarre thing about this series. It's real. So it's the offer. It's on Paramount Plus. That will be our group binge for next week. Matthew. Episode one? It's episode, episode one. Episode one. Yep. At that point, starting on episode five. <laughs> <laughs> Some robots think, yes, we can go <laughs> midway through a series. You know what? Our whole discussion about 30 That's Rock would true. have been completely different if we had just watched the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of yeah. episode season three, episode 22. I was going to say, I've been meaning to tell you, Robert, I don't actually dislike the show. I've I Same. think it's quite funny. I love But those right. two episodes were yes. terrible. But <laughs> still only laughed twice. Yeah, you're young. Uh, <laughs> I laughed thinking Tina Fey got paid to write those shitty episodes. <laughs> I won't hear this. So move on next week. We're watching something, I don't know, on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Shari Nementic, thank you so much. You have been a joy to behold on this edition of TV Black Box. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been great. I'm actually going to go watch The Offer after I finish Wrexham. So thank you. You can join yes. us for the group binge yeah. next week. Uh, Matthew Simmons, Philip Kosh and David Robinson, thank you very much. I'm Rob McKnight. Don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the TV industry get their news. We'll see you next week. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.